I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation each and every week. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media channels. Our, our handle is at Cape Gunworks everywhere except for Instagram, where we are CGW underscore backup. That's oh. C- <laughs> That's right. We've been Zuckerberg, deplatformed, shadow banned, and taken down without warning or any type of redress. I'm hoping that uh, that ruling that took place in Texas about how any platform that has over 50 million subscribers cannot censor free speech would be awesome. Uh, I hope that spreads like wildfire throughout the country because uh, to this day we're still extremely uh, restricted uh, on all of the big tech platforms. And so we've started to broadcast on alternate platforms. You might be watching on Telegram or Twitch, uh, but we're also on the big usual suspects. But go ahead and share, like, subscribe, and comment on all of those wherever you find your social media, wherever you find Rapid Fire Radio or Cape Gunworks. would love to have you follow us, like, subscribe, share, and comment. Um, that way we can stay alive on the, on the big tech platform. So anyway, today is uh, one of those days where I feel like uh, Cliff Clavin on Jeopardy from Cheers when he went and uh, the eight topics of um, of discussion of the day when Cliff was on Cheers, uh, he, he went to Jeopardy on the show on Cheers, and and basically uh, when Alex Trebek asked him what category he wanted to start out with, and everything was right up his alley. If you watched that show, you saw that every uh, one of the um, one of the subjects was like, you know, it was like stamp collecting and whatever else. I feel like that today. And so he, he said, Alex, Alex, I'm feeling kind of lucky. Why don't you go ahead and pick a category to get us started? And so that's today, you know, I have so much to talk about. I feel like I don't know where to start. Like you can just throw it out there. But I think the biggest news that has um, come down the pipeline as it relates to Massachusetts first and anyone who lives in the first circuit court of appeals um, would want to take interest as well as it might have the implication of affecting us nationally, which would be amazing. So uh, yesterday a ruling was remanded. Well, it was granted 
remanded and vacated and remanded. Uh, it's GVR'd is what they call it um, by the Supreme Court. And uh, so they granted certiorari, certiorari, excuse me, um, and uh, it was on Alfred Morin v. Willem, William uh, Liver, uh, who was the police chief involved, and it was basically the the judgment it was vacated by the Supreme Court and remanded back to the United States State's First Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, for further consideration in light of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc., the Bruin, uh, which took place this summer. So the gift that will continue to keep on giving uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, v. Bruin case, uh, was this is one of the first situations where they have... Uh, not the first, but one of the first. It's still fresh a couple months in. Uh, where they GVR'd or, you know, granted cert, uh, vacated and remanded to the back to the lower court to deal with this case in light of Bruin. So because it now violates uh, this decision by the Supreme Court because of it was used, it used intermediate scrutiny um, in order to rule in favor of the state, uh, it now must look relook at it in the light of uh this this case so uh there's a good article on um i think it's bearing arms today or uh yeah i believe it's bearing arms um and uh i'm going to read it real quick it says the state of massachusetts isn't exactly gun friendly uh and i i would just say ask me how i know um they never have been and never are going to be we all know how ironic this is considering Lexington and Concord are there and the British were coming to take guns away, but whatever. However, that anti-gun hostility doesn't mean the state can ignore the law. That's where legal challenges on gun control laws exist. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court sent a challenge to one Massachusetts gun law back to the lower courts. The Supreme Court this week ordered a lower court to reconsider a controversial Massachusetts gun law a directive the high court gave in light of a recently issued jurisprudence regarding a second amendment to the United States constitution. The Massachusetts law in question was brought by a state resident who was prohibited from purchasing pistols there due to his having been convicted of unlawfully carrying a handgun in 2004. The U S district court of Massachusetts found that the law in question was constitutional under the second amendment which broadly recognizes a right to possess firearms. An appeals court subsequently affirmed that decision. The Supreme Court, however, this week ordered the ruling vacated and the case remanded to the United States Court of uh, Appeals for the First Circuit for further consideration in light of its decision earlier this year, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. Since Bruin said you can't put undue burdens on one's ability to lawfully carry a firearm, it seems the court is directing the lower court to consider that the individual in question should never have had such a conviction in the first place, which, of course, is perfectly fair. See, when you create barriers for people to lawfully carry firearms, many otherwise law-abiding citizens will simply carry it anyways. As the late, great Robert Hanlon wrote, I am free no matter what rules surround me. 
If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. And if I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. So some people in Massachusetts did, and they were arrested and barred from buying firearms because of that. Now it looks like the lower court may well be forced to rule against the state in its onerous gun control regulations. That's ultimately good news for the people of Massachusetts. There's no way they should have been punished as severely as the law in question tries to do, especially since it looks like a felony. So what will happen? I'm no attorney, but I'm writing this way too early in the morning for me to ask any, but it would seem that if the law in question is overturned, those felony convictions become vacated. In other words, it's likely they were never arrested, at least for the purpose of buying a gun. This will be a case where uh, we'll, be, we'll be following, etc. So this is really good news, um, and it has so many different directions that it could actually go, and we'll talk about that on the other side. And let me know what you think. You can call 508-444-2120 uh, to weigh in on this matter or text your question uh, to 508-444-2120. This week's code word is Glock, by the way. If you want to jump on the website and make a purchase, use Glock. Is your workplace prepared for a violent incident? We have a special seminar to recognize workplace threats on November 4th at 1 p.m. Bring your team to this two-hour seminar that will give you insights into preventing and mitigating workplace violence. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up. We will be right back. in something like this the stress level it can tear up a family he said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened 50 year old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016 to have everything he worked for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show that you can call or text into the show. 508-444-2120 is the number any time of the day or night or while we're broadcasting live. If you want to be on the phone with me and ask your question live over the air, you can do that. If we don't answer your question during this show, make sure you tune in next time and we'll try to get to your question. So call or text 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. All right. Before the break, we were talking about the um, 
this case that has been remanded back to the First Circuit Court of Appeals by the U.S. Supreme Court, and we are looking forward to where this leads. So let me just briefly give you an overview, a 30,000-foot view of this case. Uh, This uh, plaintiff, Alfred Morin, was a licensed gun owner in Massachusetts, and he was on a family trip down to Washington, D.C., where he went to the U.S., I believe it was the uh, Natural History Museum. Uh, And when he walked in the door, he saw a big sign that said, no carrying of firearms in this building. So he tried to do the responsible thing, and he got a security guy involved and said, hey, I'm carrying a gun. Can I stash it somewhere or hold it, put it with you or secure it while I go on the tour, and I'll get it on the way out? And they summons the police, which promptly arrested him and charged him with illegal possession of a firearm, illegal possession of ammunition, and uh, illegal possession of an unregistered uh, gun uh, or carrying a gun unlicensed, whatever the heck it was in Washington, D.C. at the time. You could not possess a firearm in Washington, D.C. They did not issue a license for that. But this guy thought he was licensed in his home state and he'd be fine to travel abroad with that. Uh, much like a driver's licenses and et cetera, et cetera, which is common sense, by the way. And that's how it has always been in this country until recent, uh, recently. So fast forward, he pled out to two misdemeanor gun charges in Washington, D.C., paid a huge fine and et cetera, et cetera. So um, then he went back to his state, Massachusetts, and applied went to renew for his license to carry and was denied on suitability because of these two misdemeanor gun charges that he pled out to. Then a few years later, he tried to apply again and was denied again uh, to for the uh, license to carry. So it went all the way up to the First Circuit Court of Appeals, and they said, we're not actually infringing upon your rights, even though you're not a prohibited person, because somebody could leave you a gun in their will. Even though you can't purchase one in the state of Massachusetts where you live and reside and possess one outside the home, you could technically still own one in the home if if somebody gave you one, which is ridiculous because you can't legally give somebody a gun. Um, so anyway, that was ridiculous. But um, so here we here we go. Uh, it was upheld in the First Circuit Court of Appeals, made its way up to the Supreme Court where it was GVR'd. And here's where this could go. A, it could just may uh, it could make it so that a license to carry is kind of to purchase a gun is unconstitutional. It could also mean that a license to carry to carry a gun outside the home is unconstitutional, or it could even go carrying a gun to other states and being charged as illegal possession of a firearm is unconstitutional. This could have some implications for nat- national reciprocity. But tell me what you think. Uh, call or text 508-444-2120. And we have Rich on the line. Uh, go ahead, Rich. You're next on Rapid Fire. Yeah, two quick questions. The first one I think is um, the easiest. It's um, I've got two daughters moving into the city, thinking about getting mace. They've had a couple of problems in the neighborhood, as a matter of fact, just last week. So do you have to apply for a license? How do we do that? Or can you just buy mace and give it to my two daughters? Yeah, that's a great question. Now, it used to be that you needed a Class B license to carry in order to purchase mace. Um, fortunately, the state has uh, got their head out of their uh, rear end on that. And now you do not need a license to possess mace. 
uh, or any type of pepper spray. You just need to be over 18 and not a felon. So as long as they don't have a felony on their record and they're over 18, they can buy it at whatever place they can buy it. Some hardware hardware stores are selling it. Uh, certainly every gun store I know of sells it. Um, so yeah, you can go ahead and buy it over the counter. Okay, good. Yeah, because someone said you can go ahead and buy it, but you have to register with the police department, but you don't have to do that anymore. No, no, sir. Okay. Well, that's great. Okay, that's my simple question. The more difficult one is this. It's kind of on your topic is that, um, you know, the guy with the museum and uh, carrying other states. Mm -hmm. So um, I've got a gun license. My son has a gun uh, license to carry. We're going to be going to... um, either Colorado or Idaho. So the two difference that, 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 you know, it's not Massachusetts. So we're going to be putting both handgun and a rifle, um, in, in a case to be shipped. But when we get there, so what do we do at Logan airport? Number one, number two is when we get there, if we go to a hotel, um, to stay for, for a night or two, or we go to a restaurant and we have guns in the car, we're in a different state. We're not licensed to carry in that state. What what happens in other states? I just don't want to make a mistake like the guy at the uh, museum made where, oh, my gosh, you should have done this when you didn't. Yeah, so that's obviously now that you know, you got to make sure you do your due diligence. The good news is there's reciprocity in 25 states now by the um, – U.S. Const- the constitutional carry. So 25 states have become constitutional carry states. Um, you can Google it. USCCA has a good map of this across the country. Then there's other states that offer a non-resident license to carry, which has reciprocity with about 11 other states besides the U.S. the constitutional carry states. So um, if you get the Florida non-resident or the Utah non-resident license to carry, then that'll allow you to carry in those other 10 or 11 states. Um, so I highly recommend the Florida non-resident because, um, well, both of them are great, but the Florida one allows you to carry in Florida where the Utah non-resident does not. So, um, But they have reciprocity agreements with about uh, 10 or 11 other states. So that can get you up to about 36 states where you can legally carry a gun in. Then there's other states where you can legally have the gun in the car locked as long as it's not, um, you know, on your body or loaded and, you know, ready to go. So uh, the good news is you're allowed safe passage through all 50 states as long as the gun is secured in the vehicle, unloaded and locked. So um, in some cases, it might need to be in the trunk or whatever. But the big thing is it can't be in it under your immediate accessibility. It has to be locked and unloaded. So um, you can look into that, but I would recommend going over to USCCA and checking out their their map where you can see where you can legally carry and where there's reciprocity agreements. And I would get probably a either the Utah non-resident or the Florida non-resident license to carry. So you can ke- go ahead and carry in those states. I bo- in the, um, the ammunition... Um, just have it separate when you were on the airplane and also in the vehicle and when you're in a different state. Yeah. So sorry about that. So when you're going to check the baggage, you got to declare the firearm at the baggage counter and you basically tell them I have a firearm to declare. They'll give you a card to fill out and the ammo has to be separate from the gun. The ammo can be actually in your regular checked luggage. It can go right in your suitcase that you check 
And uh, there's limits on how much you can carry. I think it's around 80 to 100 rounds of ammunition, but it's actually done by weight. So um, I almost got in some trouble on that one. So ask me how I know. But basically, you want to have it in an airline-approved case, the firearm. If it's a handgun, it can be in its own case that can then go in your luggage. But it has to be locked, and you got to use your own lock. You don't want a TSA lock. It's your own lock, like a padlock or something like that. And they want to make sure you have the key that it's not in the luggage, and you have to prove to them that it's unloaded. You put the firearms declaration card in the in the locked case with the with the guns, and then just make sure the ammo is separate in your in your luggage. So uh, that's basically how you do that. But thanks so much for the call, Rich. Uh, hopefully that helps you out with the travel. Uh, it's clear as mud, as you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the way it works. They they love to keep you on your toes. And in a lot of cases, like this this case that we're talking about, the Morin versus Liver case, uh, it's a victimless crime. Most of the gun crime, quote-unquote, that you see people charged with out there is this victimless crime. It's a regulatory infraction. It's a violation of some regulatory agency's interpretation of the legislature's law. And the sad thing is, and I think Firearms Policy Coalition does a great job of really putting out there how the arbitrary redefinition of uh, law by these three-letter regulatory agencies has huge legal financial implications on the unsuspecting, the people who just go to work every day, they might not, you know, read 2A news until their eyes bleed, and they just go about their business, and rules change, and all of a sudden they're required to know what the heck, you know, they need to do. And a perfect example of this is if you look at the ATF's recent guidance, it came out last week, on what constitutes a firearm and what doesn't constitute a firearm as it uh, pertains to the unfinished receivers and frames. This is mind-boggling logic coming from the ATF. So basically, you could have a 80% lower AR lower or a Glock-type lower a frame that's 80% complete as, lo- as long as uh, it isn't sold with any type of jig... It's not considered a firearm. As soon as you put a plastic jig in the box with it, guess what? It's considered a firearm now. And this is the logic that they come up with, which all it does is ensnares and entraps good people who are going about their business, trying to do their best to be compliant with this overarching law or overreaching law that is designed to tangle you up and make you a felon overnight. Crazy. But we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. If you use this week's code, it's Glock at capegunworks.com, you will get a special discount on your entire online order. Go to capegunworks.com and use the code Glock to get your special discount today. We'll be right back. This is the Voltec VT10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. 
we've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. safety and your knowledge of the law are your responsibility. That's why you need to join the USCCA to get special training, legal advice, and legal protection. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use the code WORKS. That's uscca.com slash remote and use the code WORKS to sign up for the USCCA today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. Uh, I'm your host, Toby Leary, where we talk about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we were just talking about that uh, First Circuit uh, Court of Appeals that is now playing hot potato with uh, this old case that is back on the burner thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court. But let's jump over to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Hawaii, which is looking like it's trying to tap dance around the uh, New York State uh, Pistol and Rifle Association v. Bruin decision by using the history of gun bans in Hawaii before Hawaii was a territory or state, and they ignore the 14th Amendment, the text and history and tradition of the Second Amendment in order to make their point of, you know, how they have a long history of banning arms from common use and ownership in Hawaii even before they were an official U.S. territory or state, which is mind-boggling, and I guess it's like a 248-page ruling that looks like it's more of a word salad to, like, make the reader quit reading before they get to the end. Uh, But really, they totally ignore the U.S. Constitution and the 14th Amendment, the Second Amendment, uh, and all of the equal protections under the, the, the Constitution, and pull out this obscure history of uh, Hawaii's tradition of banning ownership of arms for the citizens of Hawaii. Meanwhile, would they accept this logic as it relates to the First Amendment? You know, and say, hey, you can't go to worship on Sunday or Saturday or Friday, whatever day you worship on, because Hawaii's kings of the back in the day didn't allow anyone to worship anything other than the Hawaiian gods. So therefore you can't go worship on Sundays. Would they stand for that? Like, would that be allowed? Or would they say like, um, you know, uh, we're going to, you might as well just not even put a lock on your door because police are going to come in whenever they find it 
in their best interest to do so, to do a search. And if they find anything illegal going on, they're going to seize it. They're going to charge you. Um, And all of that's great because that's what the history of, you know, the kings of Hawaii did prior to the con. No, right. That would all be stupid. It would be laughed out of court. But here they are pointing to Justice Clarence Thomas's decision saying, oh, you said we can use history as one of the guidelines for how we shape law in a post-Bruin world. Um, And so we're going to uphold this ban on license to carry or ban on carry of guns in Hawaii because of the history and tradition of Hawaii before we were even a United States territory or state, which makes zero sense if you ask me. Um, So that's uh, interesting. And we've talked about this a lot that I do feel that things will get a little worse in banned states before they get better. So we have um, New York has led the charge on this where they're not even trying to do the tap dance like the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Governor Hochul um, has really come come right out with it and done the New York uh, uh, the New York uh, Concealed Carry Improvement Act, the CCIA, which is a parody of itself in the title because it is not an improvement on concealed carry in that state. In fact, if anything, it has got extremely worse and to the point where it's this like eight-step process and they're just mad that they have to issue a license, but they're going to put so many hurdles. They're going to put so many potholes and so many speed bumps in your way that you're probably going to be exhausted by the time you actually get to turning in your application and broke and you're going to have lost your job for taking so many days off of work that, uh, you know, you'll give up in the process. Um, I don't think the people will actually give up, but they're happy about the fact that they have laid so many restrictions upon uh, your ability to keep and bear arms in that state. And Governor Hochul actually even said in an interview Tuesday on uh, the Bloomberg's edition of Balance of Power, New York, uh, you know, go figure, <laughs> what a apropos uh, title, um, but New York Governor Kathy Hochul stated stated that while the horrific crimes that we're seeing keep her up at night and are frightening people, New York City is still the safest big city in America. She's throwing Lori Lightfoot under the bus. She goes, look at Chicago. Look at San Francisco. Look at Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Washington. People leaving New York... I'm not sure where they're going to go because we are the safest big city in America. She's hanging her hat on the fact that we are the safest big city in America. They're all cesspools, (laughs) which is amazing um, that someone could be proud that they're the safest of the, we're the best of the worst. That's what she's touting. She's, she's pounding her chest that we are the best of the worst. Yes, The violence keeps me up at night, but at least we're not as bad as Chicago. At least we're not as bad as Atlanta. At least we're not as bad as L.A. and San Francisco. And here's looking at you, Washington. You know, I'm doing a better job. And so somebody that arrogant and that um, hostile to your rights 
to keep and bear arms. I tell you one thing, she could make immediate, substantial, and positive change in the safety and security of her state if she just did away with her Concealed Carry Improvement Act and went out and said, you know what, I am going to lead the charge to make New York the 26th constitutional carry state. I can see with my own eyes how all of these states, and we had some serious trepidation about whether or not it was going to work. We had some concern. We thought there'd be gunfights in the street. We thought blood would be flowing down the streets of these places and filling the gutters as, you know, it'd be like the old West. There'd be shootouts at the OK Corral. There'd be people shooting each other over parking spaces. This is all the rhetoric we've heard over the last 25, 30 years of how there'll be gunfights in the street. Someone will flip you off and they'll immediately pull out their gun and start, you know, gunning each other down in the streets like in the Old West. Well, now that we're up to 25 states, and when I first got my license to carry, there was one constitutional carry state, and it was Vermont. And Vermont historically has been one of the safest states in the country year after year after year as far as... uh you know, violence or negative outcomes with firearms are concerned. And we, you would think we would learn our lesson from these awesome examples of these other 25 states. But no, we double down on stupid and we say, hey, we got to make sure that we restrict the average American's ability to protect himself or herself and their family in the streets or in the business places or in the public spaces of our cities and towns and our, uh, our areas of commerce, uh, which is just unbelievable. So they don't want to fix the problem. They just want to continually restrict your ability to keep in bare arms. Uh, so she's got her head in the sand. She's got, um, you know, she's missing the forest for the trees. And it's proof that a lot of these politicians don't actually want to fix the problem. Because they keep going soft on crime, no bail, low bail, revolving door. Calif- uh, excuse me, Chicago, I spoke about this on the Grace Curley show yesterday. Chicago has um, an entire website dedicated to keeping track of the amount of violent felons that are out on bail, whether it's a low bail or no bail, because of their... Uh, bail reform and their soft-on-crime approach by the mayors uh, and DAs in the city of Chicago. But there's a website dedicated to tracking people who are out on bail for a heinous, violent act who reoffend pending trial for the first case that they're out on bail for. And a lot of times they're killing people. They're getting involved in armed robbery. They're getting involved in... Uh, you know, shootings in public. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun, have the shells, a 12 gauge shotgun. And I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts. Sage advice, right? That's the advice our president gave. And number one, it's reckless and irresponsible. It might be effective. 
But firing warning shots is never a good idea. It is practically uh, insane because after Jill fires the two blasts out the door, guess what? She's disarmed. She's sitting there with an empty gun. She's giving away her position. Uh, yeah, maybe it would have scared off like 95% of the people that, that are out there to do a petty crime and, you know, want to steal your TV or your laptop so they can get their next crack fix or fentanyl, uh, you know, buy. But for the people who are really committed to murder and mayhem, you just gave them the greatest advantage you could have ever asked for, which is uh, giving away your position and now you're disarmed. They might not know that, but I hope Jill knows how to speed reload that double barrel shotgun and has a ample supply of shells on hand because uh, she's now sitting there with an empty gun and has given away her position. So uh, that's a come and get me card um, if you ever heard of one. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail that I was just baited to go down. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's something to think about, right? Uh, you know, you look at Governor Hochul, who has been extremely hostile to firearms ownership um, in in the state of New York and has declared a lot of the state a sensitive area so that people cannot defend themselves, even in places of business, private places of business. Even the owners of those businesses can't if they're in these so-called sensitive areas. Uh, it is really uh, has gone on to expand and disarm more people than even before the Bruin decision because before that you could get a business license to carry in the state in, in the city of New York City and uh, no, now they're basically saying ah yeah remember the good old days you had it better before you had to go ruin things right Clarence so they're they're all thumbing their nose they're not even doing the tap dance but hopefully they'll get taken to the cleaners there's a lot of uh, a lot of lawsuits coming So it's going to get worse before it gets better, I guarantee that. The USCCA is sponsoring a special presentation with Beth Alcazar. you got to come see her. Uh, She's a nationally recognized author and authority on defense. So come and find out your why and learn from Beth how carrying a firearm is different for women and how to better better defend your family. And by the way, this is for women only. So sorry, guys. Women only for this one. So sign up at capegunworks.com. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, None of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. 
So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we were talking about the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals um, as it relates to Hawaii and their their decision to uh, basically point to the text and history and tradition of Hawaii before it was a territory or state. Um, but some positive movement in Hawaii is that they were about to break out their new list of sensitive places, basically the way that New York's laundry list of gun-free zones um, came out. And uh, so they they were ready to do the same thing. They cracked their knuckles and stepped up to the plate and they came out with their big laundry list. And uh, But they had a much different um, outcome. A lot of the council members... In attendance, agreed with gun owners who showed up to testify that the list is far too broad and should be whittled down substantially. Here's what they said. The list includes hospitals, schools, daycare centers and parks, churches, voter service centers, airports, public transit vehicles, establishments that serve alcohol, government buildings and private property that is open to the public unless posted. It's pretty well every place in this county, said Puna Councilman Matt uh, Keneally Kleinfelder. If the point is to let the people protect themselves, slimming down this list would be more in line with what I am willing to support. Thank you, uh, Matt. That's That sounds very promising. Uh, but he also noted that the Puna district has just eight out of uh, eight to ten police officers per shift covering a region the size of Oahu. If there was a strong enough police department, I would say, I know that someone is there to protect me, he said, which is ridiculous to think that the police are actually there to protect you. Uh, But fellow Puna Councilwoman Ashley uh, Clerkenwitz agreed. She noted that the overwhelming testimony from residents opposing the bill, including Bunny Harrington, a sexual assault survivor who has completed requirements for a concealed carry permit, why do we protect so many important people and things with guns, but not our children or ourselves, Harrington said. Criminals are who we are wanting to protect ourselves from. This bill hinders law-abiding citizens from protecting ourselves. Criminals don't care about laws. Uh, works uh, was sympathetic. I want Bunny to be able to protect herself. We've got eight officers in Puna. It's like the Wild West out there. Uh, if I were forced to vote on what we have today, it would be opposed. Um, so that's good news that uh, Hawaii council men and women were uh, siding with the residents that came out in their overwhelming opposition to this list of sensitive locations. What's one thing we know? And that is that most mass shootings or mass killings occur where? in gun-free zones. So why do we want to keep making the list of gun-free zones larger and larger and larger to the most dangerous places in America? And frankly, I I keep coming back to uh, you're either really stupid or 
you're purposefully uh, wanting to create crime because you can't have it both ways. You like violent crime in the streets because it continually gives you an election platform to run on or you just don't know how to read statistics. So that means you're stupid and you can't have it both ways. You're either dumb on purpose or you're dumb by accident. Prove me wrong. That's the way I see it. If you disagree with me, you can call 508-444-2120 or send me a text or jump on the chat. And I'm happy to hear what you have to say about that. Go to capegunworks.com and use this week's discount code GLOCK to get a special discount on your entire order. This is a special treat for our radio and podcast listeners only. So make sure you keep it that way. It's our little secret. Use Glock at capegunworks.com to get your special discount. Do it today. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the number if you want to join us on the show or text or uh, leave a message when we're off the air, and we'll get to your question next week. All right, uh, let's get to your questions. I've been monologuing this whole hour so far, and uh, I wanted to get to some of the questions from the chat. So, uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, real quick. I, I just want to talk. I was on, um, I was at a, uh, oh, I'm going to jump right on to this one question, but I was at a, an event yesterday with, um, spaceman Bill Lee and I got to do a sporting clays competition. It was a lot of fun and, uh, have some lunch with him, get my picture taken get a get a signed signed ball etc so that's that's why i was up in uh the area when i went on the grace curly show so i was in studio for that but it was a lot of fun and we had him on the show a week or so ago and he calls himself a liberal with a gun so it was kind of cool to get somebody on there that doesn't you know necessarily believe the same way as most gun owners out there but 
yet is still a strong advocate and a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. So uh, I long for the day when the Second Amendment is not a political hot-button issue. It's accepted by both major political parties, and it's kind of settled law at this point. But uh, we got a long way to go before that. So anyway, um, one texter is uh, asking about if the ACR is legal in Massachusetts, and it absolutely is the Bushmaster ACR, as long as it's had all the evil features neutered. So it can't have a folding collapsible stock, the bayonet lug, flash hider, threaded barrel, all those evil features that make the gun just be a regular, go from regular gun status to assault weapon. So that's, um, that's what happens. Uh, when you put those quote-unquote evil features on there, it now wants to go out at night and assault people. Other than that, it's a perfectly defensive rifle. Um, I think Joe Biden said it best a couple weeks ago in that town hall discussion that when he was trying to advocate advocate for another assault weapons ban, he said, come on, man, like assault weapons are used to defend people. And I said, yeah, amen to that. That's what I've been saying. So anyway, uh, he he uh, he said it best, and I agree with him in that on that statement. Except the first part of the statement where he wants to ban assault weapons. Don't agree with that. But anyway, uh, let's see. Um, if I could just own one firearm forever, what would it be? Herb wants to know. Oh, that's torture. Why would you ever subject me to just owning one firearm? That's like saying, which child is your favorite? Um, it's, it's tough to, uh, tough to answer. If I could have one firearm, I would have to say the AR-15 because good for defense, good for hunting. And, uh, it's a little tough to carry, but, um, maybe something like that. It could be a pistol, like a 10 millimeter pistol. I don't know, something that I could hunt and put food on the table with and still defend my family. I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, it's like trying to play golf with one club. If you're like, you're going to play the rest of your life, every round of golf with one club. What club do you want? I don't know. If I'm on the green, I want a putter. But if I'm on the tee box, I want a driver. So it's tough. I, I don't like the thought of that. That's a, that's a nightmare. So let's not go there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, what are my thoughts on the Benelli Nova? It's a good question, Richie. Um, I don't have firsthand knowledge of it. Other than I've sold a lot of them, never seen one come back for any type of gunsmithing reasons. Uh, there's still plenty of good accessories made for that gun by, say, you know, like Mesa Tactical and some of the other aftermarket parts companies. You can kind of trick it out really nice. It also has some great hunting features, like you can get it with a longer vent rib barrel. You can get it with a slug barrel. You can uh, use it for defense. So. I'd say it's a very versatile pump-action shotgun for a great price, and it's extremely good quality. So uh, I, I'd say it's right there with Remington 870s, Mossberg 590s, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a cool gun. Um, and, like, you know, I don't like to be pigeonholed into which any one gun that I have to have. I say collect them all, you know, <laughs> get the Benelli, get the Remington, and get the 590 and have fun with all of them if you like pump guns uh isaac has a great point massachusetts please remember to vote jeff deal and jay mcmahon for attorney general this november amen to that 
Um, I just recorded an ad where I said uh, the Second Amendment has never been on the ballot as much as it is for Massachusetts residents this November. Um, So that is a true story. And if you are a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, you must go out and make disciples and tell people that their rights are in serious, serious jeopardy in this state. Uh, When Attorney General Maura Healey, who has uh, really done more damage to the Second Amendment in her tenure in office than any other person since I've been a gun owner. So that's uh, that's what we have to look forward to. Uh, Richie thinks it'll be a close race. We hope so, um, but we'll see how it goes. Not sure if you've answered this question recently, but what is the highest capacity home defense shotgun that I can possess in Massachusetts? Purchase in Mass would like the Benelli M2 or M4, but want a shotgun that takes magazines. Well, with semi-automatic shotgun, you're limited to five rounds, um, even with a detachable mag or a fixed mag, unfortunately. Uh, So I would say uh, the Benelli M4 is great. Uh, The Beretta 1301 Tactical is great as well. Um, But any of the pump shotguns, you can get extension tubes or magazine tubes, uh, nine shot. You can also get the 590S, which shoots the mini shells right out of the box. And then I think you can put 11, 12, 13 shots in there. Uh, You can also get like a KSG, which is a pump-action shotgun that takes 14 rounds. Um, It has two tubes that hold seven each. And if you put the mini shells in that, which it runs those well, it'll hold like 20 rounds or 22 rounds, something like that. So it's a lot of capacity. Um, So it's it's a great option for a pump-action shotgun. Uh, But semi-automatic, flip a coin, because uh, you're limited to five rounds anyway. So uh, there you have that. Um, so let's see. Um, I know there's another question here. Uh, Anthony wants to know what I got in the cue box. And it's actually not in the cue box. It's right here on the rack behind me. It's a Honey Badger uh, SBR. It's actually a two... It's a two-stamper. It's the... Uh, SBR with an integral suppressor on it. So it's an integrally suppressed short-barreled rifle. So unfortunately, not for sale in Massachusetts. Massachusetts need not apply. Um, And there's several other states like that. But uh, we have a serious um, law on the books against suppressor ownership in this state. And even type 1 FFLs cannot possess... Uh, suppressors, they can't deal in them. Uh, only type 7 FFLs, which we are, uh, can have suppressors. And uh, it's very unfortunate. Even law enforcement officers, which are exempt from the assault weapons ban, cannot have private ownership of suppressors, whereas they can have private ownership of high-capacity magazines and assault weapons, quote-unquote. Um, but they're even banned from possessing suppressors. They can have suppressors in their official capacity, as long as it is owned by the department. So the department can issue it to officers, but that's ridiculous. There was the Hearing Protection Act um, that came out a while ago that uh, was hopefully going to make its way through the court system in Massachusetts and, and liberate the suppressors and liberate our ears from the high decibel rating of firearms. But nope. They did not vote it out of committee, so we're stuck with earplugs and muffs or double or both. 
So anyway, that's um, the unfortunate uh, thing there. And so um, that's what's in the cue box, though. All right, guys, uh, the first hour is in the bag. And if you're listening on the radio, you're going to have to jump over to capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and pick up the second hour on the podcast. If you're listening online live, stay tuned because we got a whole nother action-packed hour with your questions coming up. And I look forward to it. We still have more to talk about. And I love it. interacting with you guys. You can always still call 508-444-2120. And you can ask your questions or text into the Rapid Fire line. Remember, freedom will always be on the right side of history. Stay tuned and we'll see you next time. I'm Toby Leary and we'll be right back. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks, Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe.
Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A Talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at Rapid Fire Radio to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks everywhere except Instagram. Instagram, we are CGW underscore backup. That's CGW underscore backup, which is frustrating that we have to have something different. But until our account is restored on Instagram, that's the way it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, if you would love, if you would support the channels by like, subscribing, sharing, commenting, and uh, spreading the word far and wide, we would appreciate it. Um, Thanks for joining in to Hour 2, guys. It's been a very uh, interactive chat so far, uh, and I'm so I'm looking forward to the second hour. Uh, one of the things um, I want to talk about is this article that came out on the Independent Women's Forum uh, by Laura Carno uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, it came out yesterday, and it's co- called Two Truths and a Lie. Gun Control Doesn't Keep Us Safer. Um, it's pretty cool. It says, uh, we can all agree that we want to see fewer mass killings and less gun violence. Amen to that. The question is whether stricter gun control laws will improve the situation or make it worse. Because of the politicized nature of gun policy, it's essential to get past the rhetoric and sift through the facts to answer that question. How much do you know about gun control? Can you identify the following lie? And this is great strategy, by the way. Um, how she's presenting this article. I love the way this is done. So here it is. You got three questions. A, new gun control legislation will reduce crime. B, more guns in more public places leads to less gun violence. C, there are far more defensive gun uses than murders in a given year. And let's take these statements one at a time. So If you present these three questions to a non-gun owner or someone who's not a big 2A advocate, that this isn't axiomatic, okay? This isn't obvious. It's not self-evident to the person who is asked these three questions. They might actually have a hard time answering this. Uh, But if you look at statement A, um, new gun control legislation will reduce crime. And this is always the way they fast pitch or softball these to the public on pending legislation of new gun control. Even sometimes those that are sometimes uh, supporters of the Second Amendment concede this point after mass killings or some negative outcome with a firearm. But she says in her article, False. In short, gun control legislation does not focus on the root causes of human behavior, including violence, crime, and untreated mental illness. At the heart of gun control initiatives, it is the hope that criminals will obey the law, but in fact, they rarely do. And I would expound a little bit further on that, and that is how new gun control legislation, all it does is make more people susceptible to being charged with this type of legislation that are otherwise, uh, and, and a lot of times unknowingly, uh, 
good people. Like they, they didn't know that the law changed and they're good people trying to do their best to provide for their families, go to work every day, take their kids to soccer practice. And all of a sudden they've run afoul of this new regulation that's come down the pipeline in the midst of their busy lives, trying to, you know, put food on the table and take their kids to school and to after school sports and keep their head down and be a good productive member of society. That's really what the outcome of gun control legislation does. It expands the criminal base by fiat because the person who is going afoul of it, whether purposefully or un, you know, suspectingly, um, is a victimless crime in the first place. They're just they're now in uh, violation of a new law or ordinance that has serious implications on them. Let's look at the second one. B. Uh, which was more guns in more public places leads to less gun violence. This is true. A full 94% of all mass shootings take place in gun-free zones. Someone intent on mass murder isn't going to be deterred by a sign prohibiting guns, but he may prefer such a place because he is less likely to face a responsibly armed citizen who has made the decision to violate this gun-free zones ordinance or, you know, uh, sign on the door, etc. Um, but he may prefer such a place because he's likely to uh, less likely to face a responsibly armed citizen. Overall, states and cities with the least restrictive gun laws on gun ownership are safer than those with the most restrictive laws. Some people believe that ordinary citizens shouldn't have. Uh, to be the ones to defend their families, and that is the job of the police. But law enforcement response times might be 2 to 15 minutes in urban areas and longer in rural areas if an armed assailant broke into your home with the intent to rape, kill, or even even two minutes is too long. And then she looks at C, which was, uh, there are far more defensive gun uses than murders in a given year. This is also true. We don't see a headline about saving a life uh, or her life of the family, or uh, her life with a firearm, but it happens more often than we know. Murderers get all the headlines, but it, would it surprise you to know that there are far more defensive uses of guns than murders in a given year? And many of these defensive uses of firearms happen without a shot being fired. This should be all over the news every night. Concealed carriers are the most law-abiding segment of the population, even more law-abiding than law enforcement itself. That's an interesting t- statistic uh, that gun owners are more law-abiding than law enforcement officers themselves. Go figure. So the bottom line, crime is on the rise and people are looking at how to reverse the trend. While lawmakers try to restrict gun rights as a prospective solution, they ignore the actual cause of the crime spikes. To be clear, carrying a firearm is a very serious choice, and it's a choice many people won't make, but that's okay. Everyone's life circumstances are unique, and there are no one-size-fits-all solutions for all of us. But the government, at any level, should not determine that choice. The individual is the only one who can decide the best way to keep him or her safe. Amen to that. And uh, I don't really know much about this um, this women's uh, this independent women's uh, forum. There's a you know, they, they, they really talk about a whole host of issues. And uh, I love the title of this, Two Truths and a Lie, Can You Spot the Lie? And that's a very good um, way to advocate for uh, for people as they, 
you know, may or may not be gun owners, but they might be spouting off the or regurgitating the talking points they see on the evening news uh, every night. But, um, you know, I think it's a great way to put it. Give them this question where, you know, they can answer A, B, or C and see how they see how they rate, but put it put it back in their court and let them think about it uh, critically. Uh, critical thinking is what's going to win the hearts and minds of people over who are, you know, let's face it, a lot of people are emotionally charged after some negative outcome with a firearm, whether it be a suicide or whether it be a mass shooting or whether it be a murder or whether it be a assault, you know, um, a mass killing, a school shooting, something like that. Everybody that has profound impact on. And I remember when the Sandy Hook happened, uh, my children were about the age of the kids that were in that elementary school. And I, it took years for me to read the details of that mass shooting, even though I was already in the business and I was really uh, dialed in on gun uh, gun control and, uh, you know, 2A advocacy, if you will. Uh, the, the, the failures of our, our systems and our our regulatory bodies or agencies to harden the target going all the way back to the 90s uh the early 90s with the you know one of the first times this happened at um Columbine their refusal to take it seriously and all they've done is made schools gun-free zones which we know doesn't work and you know the 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 discussion has always continued around banning certain types of firearms, limiting ammunition capacity of magazines, uh, certain features on firearms, certain type of firearm, you know, brand and and descriptive measures of firearms. It's never the elephant in the room like, hey, maybe we should talk about mental health. Hey, maybe we should, uh, you know, end this horrible experiment of gun-free zones and allow people who are duly licensed or uh, who wish to carry on the job in whatever place of business that they do business including schools uh, because they're allowed to carry a gun to the grocery store and to the you know soccer field to watch their kids play sports but yet as it relates to going to work as a teacher or janitor or school administrator now they can't doesn't make sense Uh, It doesn't make them a criminal all of a sudden when they walk on school property. In fact, it might make them a hero if one of these psychopaths come to the school to to create a um, murder, a name for themselves in an infamous way. But all right, we will be right back. And if you're not prepared for workplace violence, you need to take our special seminar on recognizing and encountering workplace threats on November 4th at 1 p.m. Bring your team to this two-hour seminar that will give you insights into preventing and mitigating workplace violence. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up. We have Keith Langer joining us next. We will be right back. You don't want to miss out. you're involved in something like this the stress level 
it can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cowart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And as you know, guns a lot of times present legal questions. And so we have a regular guest on the show, Attorney Keith Langer from the People's Republic of Massachusetts joining us today. How are you, Keith? Second meeting with the chief in five days, and each time was successful. Nice. Yes, my client walked out of the meeting with his gun and his license back. Excellent. So winning the hearts and minds of chiefs across the Commonwealth one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Not all heroes wear capes, Keith. Some of them wear uh, button-up shirts and carry a a membership to the bar, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, um, along those lines, uh, one question came up. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but just as a refresher, because it is something that is confusing and also uh, sometimes frustrating. But we had a, a caller or a texter ask, you know, he, he lives in Florida for half the year and he lives up here for the other half of the year. And yes, his car is registered for tax purposes and his driver's license for tax purposes in Florida because the six month and a day you know, give him better tax advantages down in Florida, but he also spends, you know, 179 days in Massachusetts uh, and he'd like to get his license to carry. And it seems that some towns will allow that person in that situation to apply for a resident license to carry and other towns will make him or her get a non-resident license to carry. And so I thought I'd ask you and see if there's any hard, fast rules about that, or if you're just stuck with what the chief of the town tells you? Well, the bottom line is, in order to get a resident LTC, you need to have residency. And a summer house may or may not qualify. Uh, The prudent chief will look at actual indicia of residency, Where is your car registered? Where's your driver's license from? Where do you vote? Those are the big things. The ATF will 
allow dual residency if you spend sufficient time in the second state. But that's not the same as getting your Massachusetts LTC. Have you been successful in challenging a chief on this? If if the scenario that I just described where it's maybe 181 days versus 179 days or whatever it is, you know, in one place or the other, uh, and, you know, I understand a car, a driver's license, and where you vote, but what about things like property taxes, where my boat is moored, where I pay a, uh, you know, beach resident beach registration fee every every year like you know there's people that come that's really thin where you register your boat isn't that big a deal uh and chances are you're going to have your boat registered where you moor it which is not likely to be where you live unless you're on the cape uh people have their boats and take them down to the I know people in Massachusetts have their boats registered in Rhode Island, so that's really a poor basis. Yeah, I know someone who did that. That was uh, John Forbes Carey uh, to to avoid the excise tax. <laughs> exactly. Of course, the, the bottom line is, will the chief let you do it? If the chief lets it go through, that's fine. But in terms of Resident LTC, it's going to be the big three. Where you registered to vote, where your driver's license from, where is your car registered? Now, there are other reasons to get an LTC, even if you don't live there, if you own a business. Working does not count. Mere employment is insufficient. If you own a business in a town, Even if you're an out-of-state resident, if you own a business in Massachusetts, you are entitled to apply for an LTC in that town. Hmm. Again, some police chiefs don't like doing that. Their reasoning is, well, if your own town won't give you a license, why should I? But the statute says you are entitled to apply in A, the town in which you reside, or B, the town in which you own a business. And, of course, the fallback position is always the non-resident LTC. Right, which allows you to basically carry a gun anywhere that you can lawfully and legally carry a gun, and that's about it. Right. You cannot purchase a gun with a non-resident LTC. The only real improvement to that license is that it used to be you had to go to Chelsea every year. Right. You still have to pay money every year, $600 instead of $100 for six years. But once you get the license, you only have to go in every sixth year for renewal. And it's $100 every sixth year now, correct? I believe the fee is the same. There's still $100 every year. They changed it. The last one I did was a year and a half ago. I had to fight with them then because... She was not even residing in the U.S., Mm. and whoever received the initial application just scribbled about our policy on it, and uh, we had a chat, and they realized that non-resident means non-resident, period. That's what the criteria were. In fact, it was designed so people from other countries could come here and compete. So she has her non-resident LTC and is happy, happy. Yeah. But... The other the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is, and maybe even these chiefs who issue these non-resident license to carries, uh, 
to summer residents or, you know, seasonal residents are that they can't even go down to the local gun store and buy a box of ammunition, correct? So I'm waiting for the day when this is challenged by, uh, in light of the new Supreme Court decision, New York Pistol and Rifle versus Bruin, uh, because how is that not an infringement on your constitutionally protected rights? And that's the only right you have to check at the border, right? You don't, you don't check your Fifth Amendment or your Fourth Amendment or your Fourteenth Amendment rights at the border when you drive over the state lines. But apparently the Second Amendment, you have to leave at the border. Yeah, it's the only fundamental right that you have to play a state-by-state checkerboard game with. You would think the Privileges and Immunities Clause would suffice. They certainly apply it for driver's licenses, but they don't do it for professional licenses. But then again, they're not under a constitutional right, mm. whereas firearms clearly are. Right. So right. yet another battle for another day. Right. My theory is it's going to get worse a little bit in this state before it gets better. Um, but Well, we have that very, very, very recent decision kicking Back to the uh, district court here in Boston, I think it's going to be like Caetano all over again, where the Supreme said, no, that's not what we said. That's not what we meant. We're kicking it back. Try again. Yeah. We can discuss that next week if you would like. Yeah, sure. I was going to get your initial uh, feels about it, just your quick reaction without the in-depth dive. We'll do that next week. But uh, I'm, I was glad to see see it you know, GVR'd um, back to the First Circuit so quickly. Um, I didn't expect any type of movement in that, you know, that quickly. So um, what was your initial reaction to that? It's favorable, obviously. The question is, what is the district court going to do now that it's been called out? And how far does it go really to the rest of us. Yeah. That's always the case. How limited is this decision? Right. Now, you you say it got kicked back to the district court. I thought it was back to the uh, First Circuit Court of Appeals. Do you think? Excuse me. Yes, yes, the okay. USCA. Okay. So they're, they're the ones looking at it, and they could do what the Ninth Circuit did in California, which is punt it down to the district court just as a stall tactic. You know, I know that's what they did in uh, California, when it came to the assault weapons ban and the magazine capacity ban, they just ki- kicked it back down to uh, Robert Benitez, the uh, district court judge, which we already know how he's going to rule because <laughs> he did it the first time. So the same thing could happen here just as a stall tactic, if you will, right? Or just as a, we don't want to deal with it, you deal with it. Yeah. Uh, what will probably happen is they'll deal with it to the extent they have to, and then suggest that the real issue lies with the legislature, which is, of course, what the Supreme Judicial Court did in the Caetano stun gun case. Yeah. Well, I think um, the implications of it, at the very least, could be really good for, you know, obviously us here in Massachusetts, but also... Do you see that they might have national implications as well as it relates to some sort of reciprocity or at least acknowledging that you you can't check your Second Amendment rights at the door? 
anytime you get a decision from the Supreme Court, even if it's a matter of state law, as it is here, you have a position on an issue, which can then be used to cite as credible authority for changing another state's law in regard to that issue. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, right? And uh, hopefully this will see its way through the court system. How long do you think something like this will take? For something like this, I would expect it to go through in a couple of months because the court told them what to do. Yeah. Told them, you got this wrong. Here's what we said. Here's what it should have been. Now go do it. Nice. Great. Well, thank you, Keith, for joining us. As always, we appreciate your insight, and we'll talk to you next week. How can people find you if they need your services? Well, quickest way, of course, is just do an online search. Go to my website, kglangerlaw.com, or just call me, 508-384-8692, 508-384-8692. Awesome. Thanks so much. And if you're listening to this, make sure you sign up for the very special seminar on November 4th, uh, Countering and Recognizing Workplace Threats and Violence. It's uh, November 4th at 1 p.m. Bring your whole team to this two-hour seminar. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. And I'm happy to be here, and I'm really happy you're here with me. So hopefully you're listening online or uh, following along on the chat. If not, you can always call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And uh, let's uh, jump on the chat here and talk um so we got some new people joining in and so i got a lot of catching up to do uh 
500 wants to know what my crap hits the fan gun would be. His would be a good 44 Magnum revolver, uh, snub nose, or a Glock 19 and an AR pistol. Oh, all of the above. So uh, this is... This is guns plural, so uh, 44 mag snub nose revolver, Glock 19, and AR pistol. All right, I can go along with that. Um, I think if I was to say my, I need, you know, three guns and the zombie apocalypse is upon us and uh, I wouldn't get arrested for having guns that I, you know, you can't legally possess in Massachusetts or who cares at that point because the the zombie apocalypse is upon us. Uh, I'd love to have that Q honey badger. Um, but I would need to get some sort of like a wrap around the handguard. Cause that can heats up the whole handguard pretty quick. And, uh, that's the only downside to that gun, but, um, it's a very effective, efficient gun. I love 300 blackout. I've had some long debates about it with other gun people that think it's a dangerous round because of its ability to get mixed up with 5.56 and put into a 5.56 rifle and blow it up. Um, Although I don't know of anyone who's actually been seriously injured by that. I have seen some guns completely ruined by that. And I'm not sure if people have been seriously injured by doing that. Either way, it's not a good situation. Um, But if you do the right thing, and uh, you label your magazines, like this Lancer mag that I have here says 300 blackout right on the side of it, or I have some P mags that I write in Sharpie uh, right on the side 300, and that's the only type of ammo I put in it. Um, I don't mix it up with 5.56, so I'm pretty adamant I won't put 5.56 in that, or I won't put 300 blackout in a non 300 blackout magazine even though and when i say non 300 blackout i just mean a a mag that's written on with 300 or actually says 300 blackout right on the side by the manufacturer Um, i understand they're the exact same magazine but i just want to be safe and make sure i don't put 300 through one of my 556 guns so anyway um so i would say that um probably you know my sig 365 xl pistol and I would probably have some sort of shotgun so I could hunt um, not just big game, but also waterfowl or birds or something like that. So it all depends on if I'm living off the land or if I'm just trying to uh, stay alive. So, But the nice thing about a 12-gauge shotgun for defensive purposes is it does do double duty as a good versatile gun for Um, you know, feeding the family and putting food on the plate. Um, Someone asked me earlier on the chat, what do I recommend for a new gun owner to buy first, a rifle or a shotgun? And it all comes back to what the heck are you using it for argument still. Um, So if it's just for fun, plinking, um, I would say get like a 5.56 rifle or a 22 rifle. Uh, low recoil, cheap to shoot, a lot of fun. If it's going to be a defensive tool, I would still probably go with a 5.56 semi-automatic uh, mag-fed rifle of some sort, like a SIG MCX or a um, AR-15. If you get a pre-ban in this state or out of state, you can get any AR-15 you want. Uh, CZ Bren 2 or a Caltech RDB, 
um, something like that. Uh, Tavor's good, um, although I don't like the height over bore on those or the Springfield Hellions. I'm not a big, big fan of that. You could always get like a Sig MCX as well, which is cheap and cheerful to shoot. Could still be called upon to defend your home, and it's probably not going to blow your eardrums out if you shoot close to a drywall wall or something like that in a defensive home situation as bad as 5.56 would. So uh, those are my reasons for, you know, wanting to get a rifle first. Uh, if you're saying, no, I need to put food on the table, provide for my family, well, then I'd, I'd go with a shotgun first. So that's kind of the long-winded, long-winded answer on that. So um, 500 is asking if I've had any experience with a 460 Rowland and no, that sounds exciting, though. I would love to check it out. Um, sounds like a big, burly cartridge that is probably a wildcat of some sort because I don't know if it's, um, you know, a, a standard manufacturer, you know, Sammy spec cartridge. I don't know. Uh, Duncan is advocating that archery golf is better than golf with a club. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like archery and I like golf. I like archery in 3D competitions. I don't know if I'd mash them together and do archery golf, but I'm sure it'd be fun. You know, sure, why not? I don't know if it's better than golf for the golf club. Um, but then again, I know a lot of gun people don't play golf and they say, oh, it's better to shoot a golf ball at 300 than to be able to drive a golf ball 300. But when you can rope one 300 down the down the middle of the fairway, it's actually a cool feeling. So, uh, but it is a very frustrating game. <laughs> golf. If you haven't started playing golf at this point in your life, I don't recommend it. <laughs> very frustrating. It's probably the most time-consuming, expensive, uh, in some cases exclusive, frustrating games out there. And you'll make one good shot that keeps you coming back. It's like crack. Once you start, you can't stop. It's pathetic. Uh, but so are guns. Aren't guns like that? You know, Coleon Wire did a great video on that. Like, don't ever start buying guns. It's like crack. You know, it's an addiction. And he did a great, uh, very dramatic video about it. And uh, once you buy one, you can't stop, you know. And so anyway, it's pretty funny. Check it out sometime. But. Uh, let's see. Um, gun control is a cancer to society. The The more there is, the more victims there will be. That is true. And uh, do I have any experience with 22-250? I've shot it a bunch of times. I never owned one. It's a very cool round. It's a good crossover round. Like you can use it for um, varmint hunting. I would say it's awesome. Coyote type cartridge. A lot of people use it for deer and some thin-skinned big game. Uh, some people even used to use it for, like, prairie dogs and stuff. Very long-range, flat-shooting, super-accurate cartridge. I think that could get expensive for prairie dog hunting. Um, but, yeah, that's a... I, I talked to an old-timer down on the Pennsylvania farm once, and he he said, uh, he said absolutely, 22-250 is the best round ever. So, it uh, depends who you ask, but... Um, at, at this point, I just think it's a, it's a personal preference round. It's a great round. I'd say it's right there with like 243 Winchester, which I have got a lot more experience with uh, because 
that's what a couple of my kids have shot with. So anyway, uh, let's see. Um, G-Webs put Independent Women's Forum on the chat there, so you can link to that and see what they're up to in their, the article I read in the first hour. Uh, Matt's wondering about uh, the Smith & Wesson 2.0 metal. Yes, I'm definitely going to be getting those. Um, I love them. They're awesome guns. Uh, I checked those out in June before they launched at the Smith & Wesson uh, Retail Adv- Advisory Council meeting I was at. Um, as a member of the Retail Advisory Council, I was able to see those, handle them, feel them, check them out uh, before they released them, and I was blown away. They are basically the same exact weight as the polymer gun, but they feel so good in your hand, and they are metal grip frames instead of uh, polymer, and I really liked how they felt in your hand. The texture on them is different than the polymer guns, and yeah, I really, really liked them. Uh, so it was a pretty, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool gun to check out. Not to mention the color on them is that nice gunmetal gray. Uh, so there you go. Um, do we post all of our shoots on the site for non-members to attend? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, non-members can uh, attend any of the st- stuff we have going on here. The, we're not one of those snobby clubs where we say you got to be a member to join or to shoot or to you know do anything here. We the doors are open. Membership has its benefits, um, but you can also pay to shoot, and you can also come do the Action Pistol League if you want. Would be happy to have you uh, do that with us, and et cetera, et cetera. So um, come on down anytime. You don't have to be a member. We hope you'll join, and our memberships just got a whole lot better. So you might want to join. This is. Uh, October is Customer Appreciation Month, and we have knocked down our initiation fee for the month of October from one seventy-five to seventy-five. And the Plus membership, the Full Annual Plus, got a whole lot better. So this was a membership that had basically the same benefits as the Full Annual membership, but allowed you to bring a guest. Well, not only can you still bring a guest, but now. Um, if your guest is licensed and they know what they're doing, they can actually have their own lane and they can rent any gun on our wall except for a, a couple like the 50 BMG and the 50 Action Express, the Desert Eagle. Um, but any other gun on our wall, they can rent them free of charge, one at a time, as many times as they want, any day of the week. So the Plus membership has a lot of benefits. And... The family membership is back, which is good for four people of the same household. Same initiation fee is 75 bucks. It has all the same benefits of the Plus membership, and you get 10 free gun cleanings as a result of that one. So it's pretty cool. Um, so our memberships got a lot better. And yeah, uh, November is not only Glocktober for the rest of the country, but it's, uh, excuse me, October's not, o- not only Glocktober for the rest of the country, but it's also Customer Appreciation Month at Cape Gunworks. So uh, we're pretty happy to have that. Um, when we were talking about, uh, you know, mass shootings in, in the schools, someone chimed in that policemen that don't engage are, are a problem. And also uh, somebody else 
jumped in and said that Southwestern High School in, uh, I believe it's in Shelby Township, Indiana, is the um, is the gold standard um, that every school in America should be required to attain to. And I said exactly um, that they have set the gold standard and that all other schools should have to follow. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Southwestern Township, uh, I mean Southwestern High School in Shelby, Indiana, or Shelby Township, Indiana. It's an awesome, awesome school. doesn't feel like a prison, and they really did it right. It's awesome how they've hardened that target and made it amazing, really, for short money. The USCCA is sponsoring a very special presentation with Beth Alcazar, nationally recognized author and authority on self-defense. Come find your why and learn from Beth how carrying a firearm is different for women and how to better defend your family. This is for women only, guys. So sign your your uh, significant other up and realize that this is a women's only class at capegunworks.com. With Beth Alcazar, you don't want to miss out. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, None of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. And welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And uh, just jumping right back on the chat line um, so that we can keep up with it as it streams in. Um, KP says uh, that we need to have standard capacity mags in Massachusetts. He'll buy a hundred of them and put them away. And uh, I said, well... We do our best here at Cape Gunworks, and we have uh, pre-bands, a pretty good healthy supply of pre-bands in stock, whether it's AK or AR-15 mags, uh, some Glock mags, some uh, Beretta, you know, from time to time. And so we keep whatever gun mags that we can that are pre-band in stock. Some of them go quicker than the others, but we have a special going on the pre-band AR mags. You can buy uh, their... each and they've been rebuilt with the Magpul anti-tilt followers and the Magpul ranger plates. Uh, So, and a new spring. So they're basically a brand new mag. 
Well, actually, they are a brand new mag because they're new old stock, so they're pre ninety four, but they are they were never issued, so they're they're new old stock. And uh, if you buy three, you can get three for one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, if you buy five, you get them for I think two fifty ish. And if you buy 10, you get them for 400 bucks. So it lowers the cost all the way down to 40 bucks a piece. So that's a screaming deal. Um, it's probably the lowest we've ever charged for standard capacity pre-band mags as far as good quality rebuilt AR-15 mags. So there you have that. And uh, we will deliver them if you buy 10 of them because uh, you meet the $300 free shipping threshold in Massachusetts. And so we'll deliver them right to your door. So good deal for you there, KP. And uh, what is the best platform, in my opinion? I believe the 9mm platform is the best because of the, it's the universal round tried and true throughout the planet. Um, yeah, I can't disagree with that logic as far as um, it's a very uh, prolific round. It's, it's a round that it should be able to be bought in any place in America. Um, there's a variety of platforms to shoot it, uh, whether it's pistol or rifle. Um, and it's fairly inexpensive. It's one of the most reasonable center fire, if not the most reasonably priced center fire cartridge on the market. So for that reason, I would say it, it's certainly given me, gives you the edge so that you're willing to train with it, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, capacity wise it's it's good and uh, recoil wise it's easy to manage uh and there's some great options with it in the nine millimeter carbines like whether it be a sig mcx or whether it be a uh you know one of the ar style uh, platforms or even some of the knockoff ar styles like the um, tnw the aero precision rifles or the uh, just right carbines something to that effect, which takes the Glock magazines. Um, those are all good options. But the Ruger PC Carbine is another one that's great. It's a new redesigned, ground-up design of the uh, pistol-caliber carbine, and it's a very versatile rifle. Uh, comes in a variety of options. You can put an insert in that'll help it accept the or make it accept the Glock magazine, or if you're a Ruger guy and you have like the Ruger SR9 mags, you can get it to take those. Or it comes in the 40 cal as well. So I love the 40 cal in a pistol caliber carbine. I'm not so much in favor of it in the everyday carry pistol, but uh, I think in a pistol caliber carbine, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe a Caltech um, Sub 2K or that Ruger uh, pistol caliber carbine. So, yeah, I would still say 9 mils, kind of the universal cartridge, but there's other great cartridges out there uh, if you don't want to be pigeonholed into the most popular round in the world. So there you have that. And if you're uh, hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, have no fear because we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes, like the one on October 15th. You can go to capegunworks.com and sign up today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. 
family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show that you can call the show, text, or, or email, or your questions or leave a message anytime at 508-444-2120 that's 508-444-2120 and you can uh, leave a message with your question just make sure you leave your name location and what your question is and we would be glad to answer it the next time you tune in to Cape Gunworks or Rapid Fire Radio uh, and along those lines um, I just want to throw a plug out there uh, for uh, gun websites. If you're not following them on YouTube, you should be because uh, it's an amazing amount of work uh, by G-Webs out there, one of the frequent flyers on on our chats. And um, I joined his podcast last Thursday, and we had a great discussion about Massachusetts gun laws that ended up going pretty long. I think over two and a half hours, we were hard at it. And um, it was a lot of fun, a uh, lot of great questions. I'll drop a, um, a copy of a copy of the link in the chat. Um, but if you want to check it out, uh, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and uh, make sure you subscribe and like to G Webb's work because he's doing some great work and stuff I don't even think about doing. He's already done it. And uh, I love collaborating with him on that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. But um, if you want to hear more about an in-depth dive on Massachusetts gun laws, and I think he even did a little YouTube short on uh, as it relates to suppressors in this state. So um, check it out and um, yeah, follow him and and listen to that uh, because it's you're going to be blown away by the amount of in-depth uh, knowledge and discussion that goes on on that site. Um, I'm just but a fly on the wall when it comes to uh, a lot of the gun knowledge and talk that goes on on that channel, so check it out. Um, getting back to what uh, we were talking about before the break, uh, the 9 mil universal round, etc. Alan said he just bought a M&P 1522, which is a great gun, lot of fun to shoot and um they're they're cheap and cheerful very versatile and uh you you know you can take new shooters shooting without scaring the heck out of them and they're a cool looking gun they're modeled after the ar-15 but it shoots the, the age-old 22 rimfire cartridge uh it's certainly the a rifle that most people start out shooting unless you're uh have like one of those YouTube videos of you where your boyfriend hands you a 
460 Rowland or a 44 Magnum or a 454 Casul in a, in a handgun and then hides behind the car as they videotape you to shoot it and blow yourself, uh, you know, bang yourself in the face with the recoil of the gun without ever telling you proper gun safety and gun safe handling, but which I think is a tragedy and I hate those videos when I see them, but it's not fun, it's not cool, and uh, I think it's very dangerous. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, 1522 is a great choice. Uh, and G Webs was asking if I would add the Smith and Wesson metal to the rental wall, and we definitely will. I have them on order, so uh, when I get that in, I'll I'll certainly pop that on the rental wall as a great gun to try out and shoot. And oh, by the way, it comes optic ready, so it's already cut for red dot optics. So um, that's all the rage these days, and uh, I think most guns coming out in this day and age will be made optics ready. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll see that. Um, let's see. Uh, Isaac says we need to repeal these unconstitutional gun laws in Massachusetts and institute constitutional carry immediately. I would agree with that. Um, that would be a great feat in and of itself. I'm afraid it's going to take time. It's going to take patience and time. (laughs) It's going to take lots of time and money, not to mention money. Um, so Keep donating to Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, uh, 2AO. Um, there's a lot of great organizations, COM2A. Uh, every group that kind of gets involved and jumps in and uh, files lawsuits. The National Association of Gun Rights that filed the challenge to the, um, uh, the assault weapons ban and magazine capacity ban. So it's happening, which is great. Um, so that's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> G Webs is saying, is it, what's that like a hundred bucks off? Is it legal to save that much money in Massachusetts? Uh, especially as it pertains to firearms that could be considered an unsafe. And, uh, w- let me, let me read CMR nine forty section 16, uh, unfair or deceptive practices. Don't give them any ideas. G Webs. If, if you say that, um, uh, you know, you could give them this awful idea that giving a discount on a firearm is an unfair and deceptive business practice. You know, I've been reading through these and it is unbelievably uh, telling about how they feel of, about your gun rights. Uh, this was on October 31st, uh, 1997 is when this all went through. Uh, yeah, Halloween, right? Um, <laughs> it's a bad Halloween. So, um 940 CMR, Office of the Attorney General. This is the Attorney General's regulations. And I really want to ask the Attorney General what they plan to do about CMR 940-16 because it seems to me, and I'm just a layperson, but all of this is in complete violation of Bruin or New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin as a some of my friends like to call it. They don't like to give the emphasis to Bruin. However, I love to say Bruin decision because it's an anti-gun politician being linked to a very positive outcome in a Second Amendment case. So now his name is permanently linked, like Dick Heller's name is, to a very positive landmark Second Amendment Supreme Court decision as it came out of uh, the Supreme Court this uh, past year. So um, 
pretty happy with that. But yeah, uh, I'm going to work on that. That's kind of my homework to try to get the attorney general's office on the line and have an official statement made as to how they plan to enforce this obviously unconstitutional uh, regulations as it applies to mass gun owners in in this state and they're hiding behind consumer protection but uh, they're the only state in the union that does that i guess california does too no surprise there but we'll see how that goes and that's what we got to look forward to but thank you for tuning in Remember, this show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. You can also call or text the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community and your local... Be a gun advocate in your community. Take someone new to the range and introduce them to the wonderful tradition and hobby of shooting in this country and the wonderful... uh, responsible gun ownership so together as americans we can overcome anything i'm toby leary god bless and make sure you go to capegunworks.com for additional content i'll see you next time this is rapid fire